Welcome to Live on Purpose Radio with Dr. Paul Jenkins, where you will hear inspiring stories of ordinary people doing extraordinary things. Feed your mind with a regular dose of positive energy and show up for your life every day on purpose. Living on purpose means that you have a purpose and you do it intentionally. And now, here's your host, Dr. Paul. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Live on Purpose Radio. This is Dr. Paul, the shrink who expands your life with another episode. Joining me today is Julie Clough. Julie, like many of my guests, is a speaker. She's an author. She's an inspiring person. And she's also a professional grief coach. And she has reasons for being able to do that. Julie, welcome to Live on Purpose Radio. Thank you. So excited to be here with you. Your story is kind of a troubling one. It is. As sometimes they are. Now, when we're talking about grief, obviously there's something that has created the context for this. And I would love to give our listeners enough of that context that they can appreciate where you are coming from before we dive into some principles. Will you share with us uh, the version of your story that you think is important for our listeners to hear? Sure. You know, Dr. Paul, I often say, my mission found me and I accepted. <laughs> I, um, I, I actually lost my brother to suicide uh, many years ago, then went through a divorce a couple years after that. But the most devastating thing by far that's happened in my life is I was traveling across country with my three youngest children and we were in a rollover accident. And my oh. two youngest children were thrown from the car and they did not make it. They, they died in that accident. They were eight and 10 at the time and it was Mother's Day. Oh, yeah. And so uh, that was the absolute deepest, darkest place in my life. And I stayed in that deep, dark hurt for a long, long time. And And I even created more problems for myself because at the year, year and a half mark, I got impatient And I wanted to feel better and I didn't. And then I got super angry with myself because I could not figure it out. And I was working with a therapist. I had PTSD from the accident and, and still I found myself spiraling into a, even a deeper, darker hole, Mm -hmm. which I, I think is a common experience for people who go through tragedies. It's just not a, it's not a gradual, you know, go up the, go up the hill experience. Uh-huh. I was thinking that as you shared this, and and Julie, I'm sorry for your loss. Thank you. What a what a devastating blow. Absolutely, you know, like Carrie was ten, David was eight. We were homeschooling. Um, we went from a household of eight to a household of four almost overnight because they died. And then my two oldest daughters went off to college Oh wow! Um, right after that. And it was just, I, there are no words. I lived through it and there's no words. It's, it's hard for you to imagine, even though you experienced it directly. Absolutely. This wasn't the first thing that hit you. You mentioned a divorce. You mentioned losing a brother to suicide. Mm-hmm. You've had a full, package. 
Right. Which is why I say my mission found me and I accept it <laughs> because, because I don't, I'm not alone. I, there are people listening right now that are like, I am in the middle of this right now. I'm in the middle of this deep, dark hole. I, mm-hmm. I don't know what to do. And right. I, and, and we lose hope. And, and the most important thing is to just hold on to that little bit of sliver of hope. Because if we don't have hope, you know, Henry Ford said, and it, we don't often think of this in connection with grief, but Henry Ford said, if you think you can, mm. you can, basically, if you think you can't, you can't. Either and so, right. exactly, exactly. And so if we think that we can't heal, we won't put ourselves in a position to heal, but we also have to sit in the pain. So it's a, it's a, mm. it's a complicated mess that we find ourselves in. Let's go there first, because when you were sharing your story and what what a difficult, excruciating time of life this was for you, and you were driving the vehicle. Right. I fell asleep at the wheel. I don't know if I uh, mentioned that. I fell asleep at the wheel. I have absolutely no recollection of being tired. Uh-huh. And there were miracles that happened even in the middle of the accident happening. And that's why I named my book Miracles in the Darkness. Miracles in the Darkness. Mm-hmm. There's always these hidden gems within the terrible, awful, horrible, painful, difficult stories. In fact, that's what creates a hero story. Uh, one of my colleagues in the, uh, the speaking association, Bill Stainton, he, he's got 29 uh, Emmy Awards for his writing on television programs. And he said, what you got to do is get your hero up a tree and then start throwing rocks at him. <laughs> because this creates the context for a hero story. And Julie, we've got you up a tree. We've thrown a bunch of rocks at you. And obviously you're having this conversation with me as an example of someone who has experienced not only the tragedy, but the healing that can happen. Before we get to the healing, there's a lot of pain. There's a ton of pain. And, and, I, and I just remind people always that your support needs to be greater than your challenge. And you cannot get through a challenge like that with the same support that you had before. Right. The, well, the whole game has changed. Exactly. I want to make an important point here. As a professional psychologist, you're never wrong about how you feel. Absolutely. And this is important to initiate a healing process because sometimes people feel that there's something wrong with them or they're broken somehow. I I tell my clients all the time, you're having a normal reaction to an abnormal event. And it's not that, you know, loss is abnormal. We all experience it. But it's abnormal for you to lose two of your children in one accident. And and the way you respond to that is not wrong. I I think that's an important point to make. People sometimes beat themselves up for the way they're handling something. And how are you supposed to feel when something like this happens? For sure. And, and, and what, and the other thing that I learned over time was that how I was responding was appropriate for me and how my family 
the different members of my family were responding was appropriate for them. And I didn't, because I was reacting a certain way, I didn't have to tell them that they needed to respond a certain way. Right. So however you're feeling is exactly how you should be feeling given the circumstances. Exactly. And if we push the, the painful feelings away, we also push away the opportunities to experience joy and happiness again. Right. If we're constantly pushing all of our emotions away, we can't push, we can't pick and choose which emotions we, we, yes. we decide that we're going to feel because we, we ultimately end up pushing them all away right. by doing that. I think there's an important phase of this whole process. And I, I know that you teach this particular concept in your, in your coaching around grief that we, we have to kind of give ourselves permission to be there. Absolutely. To experience whatever we're going to feel because it's part of the process that will eventually lead you to the healing. Right. Grief is, grief is a season and it's, grief is meant Grief is meant to be part of the healing process. Right. There's a difference. I want to comment on that too, because there's a difference between grief and depression. For sure. And yeah. we experience, like I, I experience situational depression in my grief. And, yeah. I, and, and correct me um, if you don't agree, but I, I feel like, there's, there's this difference between the depression we experience in grief and the clinical depression, but at the same time, it can de- evolve into that if yes. we are not getting the support that we need. We, we have mechanisms built into our body and into our brain that will allow us to have the resiliency and the resources to handle anything now, I know that's a bold statement. But I believe that statement. I believe that wholeheartedly. I believe as human beings, we are built for this. We yeah. are built for life. Yes. And, and grief and pain and loss are a part of the human experience, and we are built for the human experience. We're perfectly designed for it. Exactly. So as we give ourselves that permission to feel whatever we're going to feel, realizing it's part of a process, it's a season. I like the word that you picked there. It's a season that we're passing through. And you'll notice that all seasons pass. All storms end at some point. And so we will pass through this and we're designed to handle that. Sometimes, as you pointed out, um, the grief, the natural, normal, healthy, I would even say, grieving that we go through can lead to more clinical kinds of conditions like depression or prolonged anxiety if we don't allow ourselves to go through the proper healing process. Mm-hmm. And, and, and in my situation, I developed PTSD. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I sought professional help. You know, I sought a counselor. I worked with a counselor for over two years before I really got to that place where I was able to deal with my life without PTSD mm-hmm. and where I was able to function 
at a, what you would call a, you know, a healthy level because I, it really had sent me into a depression. But what happened at, at that moment when she said, you're good, you know, we're done. And my, in my brain, I'm thinking we're done. I don't know what to do with my life now. Like, now what? how do I rebuild from here? Mm-hmm. You know, maybe I don't need a therapist anymore, but I don't know what to do from this point on. <laughs> and that well, became the next journey. <laughs> that's the next journey, right? It leads you right ever into what, whatever is next. And I love the way that you said that your mission found you. You didn't go looking for an opportunity to do grief coaching with people who experience traumatic losses. Uh, but this is what found you because this is how things played out in your life. Julie, you've identified some principles through your journey that have allowed you to, to do some healing and to move forward and to reclaim the hope. As we come back from this break, I want to dig into some specifics about what those principles are and how we can apply them. Does that sound good to you? That sounds great. Folks, this is Julie Clough at Live On Purpose Radio. We'll be right back. Are you ready to take your positivity to a whole new level? I've been enjoying these conversations with my guests at Live On Purpose Radio. My own story about becoming more positive is something that I've shared in my book, Pathological Positivity. And right now, I'm giving the book away. You just pay for the shipping. Go to drpauljenkins.com, spelled with a D-R, and click on the big orange button right there that will get you a free copy of my book. You pay the shipping, I'll pay for the book. Sound like a good deal? Power up your positivity and get ready to see phenomenal changes in your happiness, your relationships, your business, every aspect of life. Enjoy this free gift from me. DrPaulJenkins.com And we're back. Julie Clough at Live On Purpose Radio today. A grief coach. Yeah, you put that on all the papers that you filled out as a kid. Here's what I want to be when I grow up. (laughs) Not really. (laughs) No, because the journey to get there is a hard one. It is a hard one. It is a hard one, and it's it's very individualized, right? And no two people have the exact same journey. And so, if you've had an experience and it's been ten years, and you feel like you're still in heavy grief, that's okay too, because that's it's, mm-hmm. nobody can tell you what your journey is going to be. But it it is important for people to get the support and the help they need. See, that just triggered something for me. Because if I'm in this 10 years now, shouldn't I be over it by now? Can't I just get over this? Uh, that's a common feeling, right? It is. We're going through grief. I know you've learned some things about that. Yes, it is. In fact, I did a webinar recently. I, I do this monthly webinar. And one of the, one of the ladies on the, on the webinar said, I was in so much shame because of my grief. So not only are we dealing with grief, we're dealing with all the other thoughts we have about our grief. And sometimes those additional thoughts, those additional feelings that we're heaping onto our grief are just not helpful. So 
again, super important that we learn some tools, we learn some coping mechanisms, we learn some things that can help us to understand our grief, to, to put aside some of the societal things that we've been told, like time heals all wounds, because it's not time that heals our wounds, it's what we do with the time. I could make it worse. Absolutely. Depending on what kind of thinking we're doing. Exactly. And, and that, that thinking piece, and it's, and it's hard because you're already in this state of, you know, what, what I call low vibration. You're already in this, you've been thrust into this situation. And, and, you know, the way I see it, it's almost like when we have something hard happen, happen, when we have a tragedy, when we have a trauma, it's like the boulder of grief just lands on us. And we talk about being crushed and shattered. And those are the words we use. It's heavy. And, and we have this big boulder. And in our, in our thought process, we think that at some point we'll be able to take that boulder and just set it aside. But we can't actually just take the boulder and set it aside. It, it takes... It takes really three things. First, we have to start recognizing that the boulder is actually, we can start to visualize it as as a lot of pebbles and rocks and sand together. And we're going to chip away at it. It's not going to just pick up and go away. Mm-mm. We're going to chip away at it with tools and support. We'll chip away at it. And in that process, we get stronger and we can choose things that will help us be stronger. Like you're a huge fan of gratitude as I am. And we can't, we, we just, we just don't say one day, you know what? I am just going to be grateful for my life and I'm putting the grief away. No, we use the gratitude as a strengthening mechanism to help us to chip away. I like that. It becomes one of our tools. It's not a magic wand. Mm -hmm. That just, poofs this thing out of your life. That didn't happen. Yeah, and one one of the things also I think we think, I remember after my brother died and we had all gone back to the house after the funeral and my brother had the most amazing sense of humor. He could do a stand-up routine in your living room. And we were sitting around the family room eating and somebody said something funny and we all laughed and we all felt that guilt of laughter. And what I notice now, what I realize now is that laughter was absolutely appropriate that, that we can feel anything in the process of grief. But I, I felt that same way after my kids died. I was like, if I show up and I, I look like I'm doing okay, are people going to think I don't love my kids? And if I show up and I look like I'm falling apart, are they going to think that I'm absolutely falling apart. And that was pro- closer to the truth. But all this thinking we do around how people expect us to show up mm-hmm. is, is not helpful. Like we, and, and it's one of the things that, that causes us to hold on to grief with a tight grip is that we think that there's, that we have to hold on to grief in order to hold on to the person. Yes. And we loved the person before and we weren't holding on to grief. So we can, we can over time let go of the pain and hold on to the love and gratitude that we have for that person. Right. 
it almost feels like a betrayal sometimes. It does. It does. To reclaim our hope, our joy, when that person is now gone. And it, it may not even be a person. It could be a loss of something else. But Absolutely. There's, and there's, there's 40 different life events that create feelings of grief, like what we're experiencing right now in the pandemic. You know, right now when we're recording this, we're right in the middle of a lockdown, you know, quarantine, the stay at home order. Right. And we're right in the middle of that. And that is causing feelings of grief for people because they're losing things. They're losing association with people. They're losing the opportunities to go to events they had planned. About two, well, maybe two or three weeks before this whole thing happened, the pandemic happened. I remember calling my mom. I was so excited. All of these great things were happening. We were building a house. We had a, a contract on our home we were selling. I had several speaking engagements coming up. I, I had my book was, was going to the publisher. Like all these yeah. great things were happening. And within three weeks, all of those things kind of went away <laughs> because yeah. of the changes in the world, except right. for the book. The book is still happening. But a lot of those things went away and I had to recognize that as a grief experience. Right. And I had to acknowledge the losses and I had to be specific about acknowledging those losses. Right. I'm, I'm thinking of a quote that I heard from Tim Hansel. Um, he's the author of a book called you gotta keep dancing. And the quote is that misery Actually, it starts with pain is inevitable. Misery is optional. And I love that because the pain, I mean, I don't love the pain. Who does? Right. But it's an, it's an indicator that we are engaged in human life here. It's going to happen. It's inevitable. And the more you choose to love, the more pain you will feel. At some point. Now, I, I just want to acknowledge that because there's this opposition that happens. And some people will start to pull away, you know, from their attachment to people or experiences because they don't want to feel the pain when the loss happens. But then they rob themselves of a rich life experience. The pain that you feel in a healthy grieving process it's supposed to hurt because it stands in opposition to the love and the joy that you've felt or continue to feel from that relationship. It's, you can't have one without the other. It comes as a package deal. It is so true. And, and I love what you said about, you know, you get got to keep dancing and emotions are energy in motion. We've got to keep the energy moving. Mm -hmm. We've got to keep the energy moving. So it's a, it's a balance of, of, you know, I say there's three things that we need. We need space for our grief. So we can't expect for things to just continue as they were. We can't, we can't just go from being at the office 20 hours a day, every day, Mm -hmm. and, and have this thing happen and then go back to being at the office 20 hours a day. We're not allowing space for grief. We, we, we've got to create some space for grief. We need to be able to express. So I say uh, uh, space and say. So express, express what you're feeling. And that can be either saying it, 
which is a great S word, so three S's. There you go. <laughs> Space, say. So expression can be expression can be playing the piano, it can be dancing to music, it can be writing, it can be journaling, and journaling honestly, where you just rip it up and throw it away because you don't ever want anybody to read that and you don't want to hold on to those things. And then the third S is support. Again, we just we we have to have the support to and I, I'm grateful for the support that I created for myself during that horrific time in my life. Three S's. Space, give it some space. And there might be some hesitance to do that because you're you could be afraid of what you're going to experience if you allow yourself to be in that space. We believe as a society, we're taught to keep busy. If we can keep ourselves distracted. Distract yourself. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Distract yourself. There's other reasons that we do that too. Sometimes I talk to people who experienced a loss, you know, like, like somebody who experiences the loss of a, a sister who lived far away. And so they have this tremendous ache in their heart, but the people that live around them didn't even know their sister. So they go off and they have a funeral and then they come home and they try to pick up right where they were. They go back to taking the kids to soccer and going to work and doing, showing up at the school and just trying to continue and, and you know, just charge through their regular schedule and they never allow room for the grief because they don't feel that they're, that they should they don't feel like they have the right to. And boy, it's so important that it's we important. allow that. We are giving you permission. Exactly. A professional psychologist and a professional grief coach just gave you permission to take the space. And then the second S is say, express it somehow, whether that's talking to someone. You know, the research is really clear on this. Mm -hmm. that uh, the post-traumatic stress reaction that we have to a traumatic event can be minimized or moderated through appropriate expression of what you're feeling. That, that has been backed up for years. And then your third S was support. And Julie, that leads me into some of what you're doing you're providing some support through your podcast, through this book that's coming out, Miracles in the Darkness. And you've got a website, buildalifeafterloss.com. Tell us uh, what we can find there and what kind of support you're offering. Yeah, so at buildalifeafterloss.com, you know, I offer one-on-one -on -one coaching. So I work with people individually so that we can take the tools that I share on the podcast and I can help them to figure out how they can apply those tools for them personally. What are they dealing with? What's the best tool to take off the shelf and to, to work through what they're dealing with? And then also to be able to rebuild. So it's a process of working through our grief and also seeing the future, also seeing that there's, there's good things in the future still. There's so much hope. There's so much hope available. So at the, you know, I like to say that I, because I, when I get on these websites sometimes, or websites or I should say Facebook pages, I see a lot of, of, a lot of just 
pure sadness, which is totally okay. But there's a lot of messages out there that you can't heal. And I believe that you can. I, I stand as a witness of healing. And if, if you are in that place where you feel like it's not, there's no hope for me, I want you to say, Julie can do it. Maybe I can. And just open the door to the possibility of hope of healing. So buildalifeafterloss.com. The podcast is by the same name. Get on the mailing list on the mailing list. I, I send out the invitations for the, uh, for the webinars that we're doing. Mm-hmm. I talk about those on the podcast. Um, and can I give your listeners a gift? Would that be okay? That would be very appreciated. So I just did a pot, or sorry, a webinar a couple of weeks ago, and I would love to send that recording to your to your listeners. Oh, and beautiful. they can get that by emailing support at buildalifeafterloss.com. dot com. Support. I know it's a. Oh, it's a support it's a, at buildalifeafterloss.com. And all you need to put in the email is Dr. Paul and we'll know what to send you. Well, thank you, Julie. Yes. And not, you're not only a witness that healing and hope are possible. You're also an example of it. The, the energy is authentic and it's real. And you are creating some hope for all of us who are going to experience loss at some point. And some of us already have at a a level that that support will be very appreciated. Thank you so much for being here today at Live On Purpose Radio. Thank you. Folks, you've heard it. You know what to do with it. And it's time now to go live on purpose. Purpose.